Hey guys, it's Kim. Thank you so much for joining me for this video episode of You Are Worth the Work. If you are watching this on video, let me know, shoot me a message on social and let me know what you thought of the show. Um, if you're listening to this audio only, hey, I still appreciate you for listening always. And this is a super special episode because I'm pulling up my notes because one of my most trusted friends She's an amazing mom. She is a twin mom. She's a sports mom like me. And so the way I have looked to her during my journey or throughout my journey of being a mom and especially being a sports mom and being a wife and just being black and all those things, <laughs> it has been ultra important for um, me to look to her and talk to her for advice, for counsel, and just to make me laugh. And so I'm really excited that she is here. I'm going to read her bio that she sent me, but you are going to have a great time in this episode of You Are Worth the Work. Okay. Tanya McKenzie is a Los Angeles County commissioner and author and public relations consultant. Tanya's firm, Sand and Shores PR, works with civic, educational, law enforcement, and political organizations to help them gain more positive publicity and media attention to grow their businesses, their public reputations, and profitability. Her body of work with chambers and business associations has shaped her into an advocate and a valuable resource for small businesses and community organizations. Tanya is also the author of a mem memoir titled A Child's Memories of Cartoons and Murder. I will have that linked in the show notes for you, I promise. She is also a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, like me. Um, and that's actually how I, I met her. Like I said, she's a twin mom, but she has four kids. Um, and she's been married over 20 years to <laughs> Ray, who I say is an absolute rock star. So stay tuned. If you're watching, keep watching, invite a friend to watch. If you're listening, keep listening, share this with your people. And I'm super excited to bring this to you. Let's go. Hey guys, my name is Kim Sanders and welcome to You Are Worth the Work, a podcast that reminds busy moms that following your dreams ain't all rainbows and roses, but you are worth the work that it takes to thrive in this life. After you listen, please rate and review the episode. Also, if you want to connect with me, I'll have that info for you in the show notes. Let's get started. Hey guys, so she is here, Tanya McKenzie. I read her can bio earlier, but I want to know from Tanya, who is my friend. I think I've known you more than half my life. You do realize that, right? I think so. It's been a long time and you're only 25, so I don't know how exactly that is happening. We've known each other so. longer than we have. All right. So I want to know from you, how do you fill your cup? I know on your podcast, you ask what's in your guest cup. I want to know what fills your cup. Well, listen, it took me a long time to figure that out, especially after motherhood. You, you try to figure out what fills your cup. It, is it them or is it something inside you? I figured it out. I love to laugh. Laughter fills my cup. It doesn't come in liquid form. I mean, I guess it could. But it depends on how much liquid I mean, right? <laughs> Sleep, the older we get, fills my cup. 
laughter fills my cup and quality time with people that I enjoy really fill my cup. And if I can get those things, I'm going to be okay. That means everyone else around me is going to be okay. And I feel like your cup is not all the way full because you haven't been here. So I think anytime you and I haven't been together in a while, my cup isn't full. There are certain things that are essential in life. And then after, as you get older, there are certain people that become essential, right? It's what do they bring to the table? What do they bring? Mm-hmm. What kind of additives do they add to your cup? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's like someone that makes a new recipe. You can, it can be all, it can be all right. It's good. But sometimes you miss a little nutmeg in that peach cobbler, you know, and you'd be like, I knew that it was something that was missing. <laughs> you don't know what it is at the time. You know, you, you the chicken was good, but... There was something a little more paprika and it would have been slamming. So, yeah, no, I think essentially there are people that become a part of your full cup. Um, Mm -hmm. It can still be half full or three fourths full, but there are people you start to recognize are a part of your full cup. And Mm -hmm. I haven't been here in a while and I miss you. I miss you too. And on a previous episode, it's probably one of my first episodes, I talked about like how powerful it is to have kind of a mom squad, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody that you can go to and every friend, every part of your squad kind of has a purpose. And I'll say for you, because you're a little older than me and you've kind of gone through the things, I said a little, you're only a little, just a little. I'll take it. I feel like I've looked at every piece of your mom journey and have said, okay, how's Tanya doing it? Because you do all the things. You're LA County Commissioner. You've got four kids in different phases of life, I might add. You know what I mean? You're, you have a successful marriage. You have successful businesses. You're doing things and you haven't gone completely crazy. And so I look to you at each journey because I'm coming along behind you like, how do I make this work? And so even though that's also why I started coaching and kind of mentoring other moms, it's like somebody's looking for somebody. Somebody's looking for me. Even if you didn't know that, like, I was looking to you, I do. And I almost said did, but I still do. And I know that other women do. So tell me kind of about your journey in motherhood and how you've made it work with all of these different things going on in your life couple things. One, I'm a, I'm a mom without a mom. So I've never had a, a mother to help me through motherhood. Mm-hmm. So that left a vacancy for other women that have done it to mentor me. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful about who you get mentorship from. There's that. And also recognizing in this journey that there are women that are just good women that might not be moms because the older we get, the more we recognize we have those people too that are just Mm -hmm. good people that help you stay grounded because their objective, when you go to them with your gripe, they have an objectivity that we no longer have. So sometimes they're able to call you on your stuff. And I think that's important. I've been able to watch other women and brave enough to ask for advice from those that I have seen do it well or navigate through some very tricky waters. Mm -hmm. I've also 
been able to see what I don't want to do. Right. That's important. That's, <laughs> that's so important. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, my aunt, who I, who I don't really talk to anymore. She, one day she was, she was uh, at my house and she said, she was watching this interaction between me and the kids. And she said, Oh my God, you're so responsive to them. And I, I almost, I didn't know what she meant. And so I asked her, I said, what do you, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, when they call you, they ask you to do something, you do it, you get right to it. And you know, we wasn't like that with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to raise adults. I ain't trying to raise kids. So I'm trying to teach them who to become, teach them through example, teach them as a adult, show them what I want from them the same way I want to be able to provide that. Because I think we, as parents, as, especially as mothers, we get so caught up in the nurturing and the comforting and the loving of our kids that sometimes, uh -huh. and more so now than before, people are trying to be their kids' friends and be their pal and accommodate them and get along with them. I've seen what happens when you're trying to get along with your kids instead of raise your kids to be mature, responsible adults and it does not turn out very well. So from this aunt, when she said that to me, that was a proudful, that was a prideful moment because she recognized something in me that we didn't get growing up. So that was one of those mm -hmm. moments where it says, okay, well, we don't have to be what we were growing up. We don't have mm -hmm. to continue bad habits from the past. We really get to decide who we are as mothers, who we are as women, and how we are creating other grown women. Because I have a daughter, I have three boys and a, and a, and a girl, but creating people that produce other amazing people. Like we have to remember that type of thing. So just reaching out to other women that I've seen do it well, take note on things that I have seen that were not done so well and not be a coward in asking for help or advice when I really have bashed my head up against a wall trying to figure some things out. I really think that I've learned a lot from just other moms and other women that I respect because their opinion counts, right? Their, their, uh -huh. their, their thought process and how they process emotions matter. So I think if we just in a time where we're looking at the quality of the people around us, not so much um, just if they're moms or not, and being able to know that I can trust these people with my emotions and something that's uh, cherished by me, which is my motherhood, you know? So that's been, that's been important. That's, that's been a big deal. So was that hard for you to do to reach out for help and to really kind of vet the people that you are able to be vulnerable with? Cause I know other moms, like they don't ask for help because one, they feel like they're going to be judged for being a terrible mom or being a bad mom. And while some of that is, you know, most of that is BS, right? Because everybody, I believe everybody is doing the best they can. Every month, I believe that, you know, okay, maybe not. Okay, maybe not. My experience has shown me, <laughs> for the most part, people are trying to do the best they can. And 
how hard is that to kind of expose yourself a little bit and say, I need help? <clears throat> Parenthood is a sacrifice. I was watching a show, watching Ch uh, Ch Chelsea Handler recently. I love her. Let me tell you why. She can full-throatedly acknowledge the fact that she does not want to be a mom. Her selfishness overcomes her. She just don't want to do the things. Uh -huh. And there are things... There, so motherhood is a... Re there are requirements for this job. <laughs> Some of these things are not optional. Right? And I have met women that think some of these things are optional. No. <laughs> not to judge, but not... Some people have having children on a to-do list. And it should have been on a to-don't list. <laughs> because the it is a sacrifice to be able to provide the love, the care, the attention, the nurturing that that they need to be the kind of people that help society grow, that help society grow instead of regress. I think some of the mm -hmm. people in Congress right now probably didn't have great parents because they really are, they really have us going backwards. It's a hot mess. All that being remember. said, I think it takes guts for anyone to ask for help in any situation. It could be it could be work, it could be, you know, family stuff, marriage. So it really matters the quality of people you have in your circle. And not everybody that you get advice from might be in your social circle. Maybe they're in your, you know, intimate, you have an intimate family circle, an advisory circle that you reach back to. For me, for example, one of my um, advisors, I would say, is her name is Karen Mathis. She's a member of Zeta Phi Beta, like us. She's older. She's seasoned. She was married for like 800 years. And the sweetest woman on the planet. And I remember I was having some issues with my marriage because of my in-laws. My, my, my in-laws. And I did not know who to talk to. I wasn't going to talk to anyone in my immediate family because they're biased, obviously. Right? Yeah, they're too close. They're biased. Too they're close. too close. They, they're on my side, so they're going to give me the responses that I need for me. I'm not going to ask anyone that ain't been married because <laughs> married with kids because, yeah, it's a whole different lifestyle. So I reached out to her because she has kids. They're amazing. They're not perfect, but they're great people. She's been married forever. She's a great person. She's my sorority sister. She's an advisor. She was a counselor at my high school. And I just went to her and I said, this is what I'm dealing with. And I, I need you to guide me because you, you're nice. So I need some advice from a nice person. Because I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I ain't even nice no more. So I don't know how to respond. What? You've been nice your whole entire life. Oh, you're being facetious right now. We're going to have to talk about this. Online. Oh, am I? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I'm like in my petty patty moment, ready to just do some <laughs> reckless popping off. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking her, because I'm like, you're nice. You handle everything nice. And she looked at me like, girl, you don't even know me. Like, you don't even know how petty I could be. And I just <laughs> laughed because I was like, all this time I'm thinking, 
you don't have problems. Like you know how to just navigate smoothly through all issues. Mm -hmm. Start talking about her in-law problems, but it's not so much the problem. It becomes your response to the problem. Mm -hmm. And when she took me there and talked to me about me, who I am and how that shows up in my resolution or my journey through problems, I recognize too, through our conversation, that she has had some of the same struggles that I've had, but knowing her, you never would have known that because it never came out. You know, she was never gossipy about it. She, you never would have known. And that was one of those moments where I was definitely like, these are high quality people I have in my circle. They really That's awesome. It is important <laughs> to have people in your circle that help you be a better you, that help you be a better mother, that help you be a better wife, that help you be a better human. Because it would have been easy for her to say something like, you should say this and you can, you know, how you could have got back at them and all these things Uh that I could have done differently. Instead, it was very much focused on who you are as a person what it is you're trying to get out of the problem, what you want the solution to look and feel like, and how you change your response to other people based on who you are, not who they are. Right? Yeah. And I say all that to say, yeah, I was scared at first because I was like, if I talk to her about what I'm going through and how I'm feeling, because I was feeling petty and <laughs> I thought I'm going to hell because she goes to church regularly. And I just knew she was going to be like, girl, Lucifer is right behind you. But <laughs> it wasn't. It, you know, it really, whew, I, was, I was scared of being judged. That was that moment that yeah. you were talking about. I was scared of being judged because of how I was feeling and what I thought she would think of me. But it wound up being a conversation that not only helped me navigate my problem, but helped me see how to be the best me, even in any type of conflict whether it's with my kids, my husband, his family, my family in the streets with white people that don't like black people. I mean, we navigated all kinds of conversations. So, you know, back to the quality of the people around you. I just, I can't emphasize that enough. Moms, non-moms, neighbors, it it all matters. People think it don't matter. It, It really does. Like, oh, I can just be around these people and I'll be fine. No, you start picking up on some really bad habits when yeah. you, um, you know, when depending on who you surround yourself with. Yeah, and I think that's not necessarily to say that you can't be cordial in a social situation, right? Because you, as a PR professional, you find yourself in all these different social settings where maybe people don't like you and maybe they say it to your face or maybe they don't and this definitely translates into like sports momhood, right? Because all your kids (laughs) play sports. And so having that, and that's another thing, right? That's just one more thing that I look at Tanya. I'm like, okay, what's she doing? Like how is she navigating it? Because we're fairly new to this game, right? We're about three years in, but it's starting to get Mm. competitive, right? It's starting to get a little more advanced. It's starting to get a little more and People will ask me, well, how do you do it? And it's like, all I can be is me. All I can be is me. And I learned that from 
you, whether you know it or not, all you can be is <laughs> all you can be is yourself. And what happens with that happens? You raise good humans to be good humans, and you govern yourself accordingly. You know, I'm not there to be the life of the party. I'm here to make sure my kids do what they came to do. So, I mean, thing is, when you are just being you, if you decide you want to be the life of the party that day, you get to show them how it's okay to let loose sometimes too. That's the other thing I, I, I've learned. Um, my oldest son, you know, my oldest son, Raymond, he, he's, he's very serious. He's very serious. Mm -hmm. So even in his adulthood, we have had struggles trying to get him to loosen up kid. Like, I mean, the fact that Raymond is a whole adult is not like I'm, I'm just blown away. <laughs> he's not here for it. <laughs> he's a whole adult. <laughs> he's a whole adult, but he's, he's just now. So he's in, even in college, his undergraduate life, he was, you know, he played basketball. Mm -hmm. He went to a pretty prestigious school. So he was serious about his grades. He was serious about graduating and serious about being the captain of his basketball team. Mm -hmm. So serious, 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 serious. You live in New York, yeah. dude. Go to Times Square and loosen up. Mm. No, nothing. So with Royce, my 14-year-old, who looks to him as his hero, I've had to tell him, like, you really need to be more of an example on enjoying life. Because this dude's 14, he's about to have a stroke trying to be serious like you because he's looking up to you. Like, you so... You know, I'll do things like cut a rug and start dancing at a baseball game now. Don't, don't play with me. Don't play me? In the same. <laughs> yes, because why not? Because why not? And, and I think it's important. When I saw pictures of, I had to repost them, the pictures of your kid on the basketball court just doing his little, I did that dance. Best, best, best thing ever. I absolutely love that. There's nothing better. And I stalk my kids sometimes too. I know they're probably looking at me like, why is she staring at me? When they're just laughing and enjoying life, that is a moment in time that I savor every time it happens. Part of it obviously is because that was not my childhood. Mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that children need to have moments where they are just childlike mm -hmm. and carefree. Because mm -hmm. when the bills hit, yeah, carefree's over. So <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> all that being said, those pictures that that video of your boys just doing it, that would be me at a at a game. Like if I come to your kid's game and he scores, I'm doing the dance that your son did on the basketball court. I Please don't come. Yes. <laughs> Please come because I'm the DJ. I'm the team DJ. Oh so <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait. I was like, wait. So y'all are gonna let me. Pick the music? Run the music? In Tra public? Tra baseball? I'm with it. You know it is. <laughs> you know it is. I'm with but it. it's fun. Like, that's the fun that I want them to have. I want them to enjoy themselves. And sometimes I get so caught up in the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to come back and you say, do. oh, wait, they're it's kids. Not that serious. They're seven. Seven. They're not going Let's to make fun. the league tomorrow the nba nobody's going to the league tomorrow this it's is just happening. we are uh two years from t-ball like come on like y'all were cat herding a year and a half ago so i just all i all i ask them to do is do their best 
and have fun. And we promise to do the same because some people, some of these parents take it way too serious. Like they it do. Is... And we, we actually have a rule to go along with the have fun pieces. You can't quit. So anything you start, you have to finish. Even if you have the worst coach ever, your teammates suck and nobody wears deodorant, you can't, you can't quit. That sounds terrible. There's been some terrible moments. I could you then just buy them deodorant? I could do that. Put that in goodie bags and listen, we learn how to Like instead of snacks, just, you know, the, the instead of the snacks, just little trial size. You know, my daughter was a cheerleader and there were days and she was a base. So there were times when she'd be like, she, I hate putting her up in the air because she's, I was like, you can't say that though. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> but I've literally had to call a coach and be like, you need to have the, you need to have the hygiene conversation now with the girls. The talk. The girls, all the girls, we need to have the talk with the girls. And this is just the hygiene. And that's, but that's one of those things where I'm saying parenting we can't avoid tough conversations. We can't avoid raising mature adults. And that starts with communication. You have to mm-hmm. communicate with your children about everything, their hygiene, uh, their body, uh-huh. their environment, for their skin color. These are conversations you have to have because if you don't, someone else will and you don't know how that's going to turn out. So yeah. yeah, that's probably been one of the most sticky situations is having to talk to my daughter's coach about having to talk to all of the girls because clearly someone's mama ain't having these conversations and it needs to be addressed. It's just a thing. That's happened. It is a thing. It's it's a thing. So Moms in business. I know that there are plenty of moms who say, well, I'll wait. Well, I'll wait till the kids are older. Well, I'm going to focus all of my attention on the kids. And to me, to that, I say, absolutely not. (laughs) I say, absolutely not. Just because you deserve to also have some joy. As a mother, now, does it look the same as if you didn't have any kids? Absolutely not. But I've seen you go from executive director of the YMCA, from Chamber of Commerce, to, you know, all sorts of different things. How did you kind of figure out what was right? How did you figure out, I'm going to do the things that kind of bring me joy? And not kids be damned, but we're going to figure this out because I'm not going to sacrifice myself. I'm not going to put myself dead last to be a good mom. Yeah, that's tough. I I think I was blessed with the YMCA situation because there were times we were able to bring, uh, you know, them with me if I needed to. Right. Mm -hmm. So being able to have a childcare on facility And then when they were in school, their after-school care was through a YMCA after-school care program. So early parenthood showed me that, okay, this can work. You don't have to do one or the other. You don't have to parent or work. So then it becomes finding the right situation. As children get older, for me, I knew I wanted them to understand 
independence and have a level of responsibility. So having a work situation for myself that still had them interacting socially with other kids, making sure that, okay, well, I'm not going to be there after school. You're going to this after school care program, but they also have homework time. And then when we get home, if there's something you need for me, I got you, right? It all matter. It all depends on, again, what kind of people, what are the qualities of the little people that you are trying to, um, that you are trying to uh, nurture as a parent? What's most important to you? And then how can you do you and them and still get those things out of, out of them and build those qualities up in them? What, what is that? You know, and for me, it was definitely independence, mm-hmm. maturity. I didn't want no judgment, but breastfeeding until four is, was never going to happen. You get four months out of me, you're lucky. So, you know, I have seen taking walks, people uh, pushing the stroller, and it's like a whole four or five-year-old. I That does not resonate with me. I need young people that know how to... Do things. Yeah, you're tired. I get it. Well, we were walking all the way over here. You stroller. No, I'm tired too. So this is what we are going to do together. We're going to walk together. And when you get tired and we might slow down, but we're not going to quit. I I actually look at many of the menial tasks that it takes in parenting and how I can make it a, a teachable moment. I know that sounds petty to a lot of people. But it's not. Yeah. You, uh, no. Everything is a lesson because I don't know when I'm leaving this place. So Mm -hmm. I want to, I think about this constantly. Who are they if I leave right now? Will they be okay? Have I Mm -hmm. given them as many tools as possible to be okay? Oh my goodness. This conversation was the best, but you're going to have to wait until next time to hear the rest of it. We're going to talk more about life momming so hard and more so make sure you check out the show notes for all of tanya's info and come back next episode so we can wrap up our conversation thank you so much for listening to you are worth the work if you enjoy this podcast i'd love for you to subscribe rate review share tell your friends and i'll talk to you next time bye